Good morning and praise the Lord, everybody. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Open up your mouth and bless the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Can you stand on your feet and give God that same praise? Matter of fact, can you make it bigger? Make the praise of God loud this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for joining with us. If you're tuning in with us, thank you for tuning in. We ask that you click the like button, the share button, the subscribe button. How many people don't mind trusting in the Lord? Now, we taught you this song a little while ago. It's called Proverbs 3. It's straight from the scripture. And the scripture says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. How many people want favor from the Lord and you don't mind trusting the Lord? If that's you, go ahead and clap your hands and make some noise and say, I will trust in the Lord. Say, I will trust in the Lord. Go ahead and type it on the screen if you're tuning in. Say, I will trust in the Lord. Write them all the time of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Holy Spirit leads and guides us. Hallelujah. 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 Tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is so
Remind all of us one more time about our vacation Bible school, July 12, 13, and 14. So we'll appreciate your prayers, we'll appreciate your attendance, and as many of you as are available, we'd like to have you as our volunteers. Amen. Those of you who are parents, we encourage you, please register your children. Let me again remind you that we are still encouraging all of us to give for the work of the ministry. And especially beside your tithes and offering, as the Lord enable you, let's help with the youth building project. So please put that in your plans and let the Holy Spirit lead you as we try to provide a place for our young people. Amen. We are grateful to all of you for the praise report that we are getting. Thank you for letting us know what God is doing in your life. We say thank God for new homes and promotion on the job, uh, healing miracles all over the building, even new baby, praise God for, for Brother Deacons. Uh, we are grateful. I'm getting all this praise report and my spirit is rejoicing. That while the world is crying, uh, doom and gloom, God is doing wonders in the midst of his people. So I, I thank God for your healing. I thank God for the miracle. Thank God for new homes. Thank God for promotion on the job. Thank God for new babies. To God be the glory for what he has done. We want to say welcome to all of our guests. We appreciate you being here this morning. I know a lot of people travel for the weekend, but for those of you who are here, we say thank you for coming to the house of the Lord. And happy, happy Independence Day to all of us. 
what a blessing and a privilege to live in the greatest nation on earth. So we cannot take that for granted. So every day we should thank God for USA. Amen. We're not going to hold you too long. We want you to be back at home and celebrating the 4th with your family, your loved ones, and all the other activities that is in the community and on television. So if you have your Bible with you, let's look at one verse of the scripture right quickly, and we'll be ready to go home. The book is St. John, the Gospel of St. John. Chapter 8, verse 36. We say thank you to our guest, uh, musician. Praise God for, I was listening to your work, and that brother was working that drum. We're grateful. And everything you do, make sure you, you're good at it. The world is full of mediocres, but we are called to excellence. The book is St. John, chapter 8, verse 36. The Bible says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, underline that word free, then the Bible says, you shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for this special day in the life of America. Thank you, O oh God, for the 4th of July. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for our independence. Lord, we are grateful for those who are gathered here today on this special day. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will meet every need. Lord, we pray for answered prayer today. For those who are believing God for freedom, freedom from addiction, freedom from oppression, freedom from depression, freedom from their past. Whatever it is today, we decree and declare freedom in this house. In the name of Jesus Christ. We apply the blood of Jesus to every area of our sanctuary. And Lord, we thank you that your presence is in this place. Thank you for all of our leaders, all of our ministers, our deacons, our deaconesses. Thank you for these precious people singing songs of Zion. Thank you for the opportunity to worship and praise your holy name. Lord, I pray that you will use me this morning to be a channel of blessing to someone. And we thank you for what you're about to do right now through your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
you may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, The Path to True Freedom. There is a path that all of us can take to have true freedom in our lives. Please notice in the city of New York, there is a statue there called Lady Liberty. Am I right about it? Inscribed on that statue are some words that has become inspiration to so many. It says something to the effect, America is saying, give me your tired. Give me your poor. It says, give me anyone that is yearning to be free. Those are very powerful words. If you notice, the hand of that statue is lifted up. And there's a lamp or a light in, it, in our hand. Also, if you notice, there's a crown on her head. And there are seven spikes in those crowns. If you are a student of history, you will know that there are seven continents in the world. So America boldly declared that all of seven continents that are yearning to be free, they're welcome to come to America. Sometimes we forget but this is what we profess to be as a nation. And at the base of that statue, ladies and gentlemen, you will see a chain that is broken. It's symbolic of freedom. Freedom is when your chains are broken. She is called Lady Liberty because she represents freedom. So the question must be asked this morning, where does freedom come from? It's not enough just to sit on a statue. You and I need to know where true freedom comes from. Please permit me to say that freedom doesn't come from any nation. So as much as I appreciate America, freedom doesn't come from our country. True freedom is something that God offers in the Garden of Eden. If you remember, he made the Garden he created everything there is. And then he turned around to man. 
He said, all of these you can have. You can freely, the word freely, is the root word for freedom. He said, everything here that I made, although it belongs to me, I created it, I made it, but I'm giving it all to you. <laughs> he said, just stay away from one tree in the middle of the garden. Ladies and gentlemen, so if freedom comes from God, then what then is this thing called freedom? You need to know what freedom is. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two ways that you can look at that word, freedom. Number one, you can look at that word from the eye of the culture we're in. But you can also look at that world from the eye of God. Let me encourage you this morning. If you want understanding, because the Bible says in all of your getting, get what? Get understanding. You have to look at Freedom through the eye of God. Our culture try to define freedom, but we are doing a, a not so good job on it. What does the culture say about freedom? Our culture says freedom is the absence of constraints. Our culture says freedom is the absence of restraint. To an average American, freedom is when you can do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it. To many people, freedom is when you can go where you want to go and say anything you want to say. But really, our cultural definition of freedom is not the right one. If you look at the way our culture look at things, we're basically saying, to us, freedom is my life, is my own. Nobody can tell me anything. We tell our parents, no, don't tell me. We tell the preacher, no, don't tell them. We tell the government, no, you dare not come to my life. We tell the school teachers, then if everybody cannot tell you anything, who is going to tell you? Ladies and gentlemen, man, what we are doing is basically we are saying, my will be done. And that is why we are faced with so many challenges today as a nation. But this is a good opportunity to remind each other what true freedom really is all about. 
Freedom is not when you create your own moral universe. Because you become your own God. You become your own idol. Freedom is not being able to do whatever you want, wherever you want it. Freedom is not self-assertion. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not my will be done in everything. Freedom is not getting rid of limits. I'm tickled when people will say, I don't need no rules. Now we're living in a world no right, no wrong. We cannot even agree on what is the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, then what then is true freedom? Well, according to the passage I just read to you here in this morning, the word of God said true wisdom, true freedom comes from who? From God. How did I know that? In that passage, the Bible said Jesus was talking, by the way. Jesus was having a conversation with the Jews. If you look at John chapter 8, verse 31. In that conversation, Jesus said to the people, If you hear my word and you are doing what I told you, then Jesus said, then you are my disciple. Then you look at the next verse, John 8, verse 32. Then Jesus says, then you will know the truth. And the truth will do what? The truth will make you free. You see, true freedom there. Is knowing the truth. And what gives you true freedom is the truth. And that truth will make you free. Then the question must be asked. Well, if true freedom comes from knowing the truth, then what is the truth? Many times I see people in government, they will say, no, that's just your own opinion. Your truth is different from my truth. So what is the truth? Obviously, somebody was lying. Ladies and gentlemen, the good thing about our Bible is that the word of God made it very clear. In John chapter 17, verse 17. You know the Bible says, sanctify them with thy word. And then he said, thy word is the truth. So if you really want to know the truth, you've got to consult with the word of God. Not the White House, not the crack house, not the newspaper, not the media, not your opinion, not my opinion. The Bible says, sanctify them 
with thy word. And the word of God, the Bible says, is the truth. So get it set. If you don't get anything out of this message, don't preoccupy yourself with he say, she say, they say. If you really want to know the truth, and you should want to know the truth because the truth will give you true freedom. Everybody here loves freedom. Many of us came to America because of freedom. But if you really want to know what freedom is really about, and you want to be free, the word of God is the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, please take note. Some people know the truth, but they're not living it. Then there are some people who have no clue what the truth is. When I say the word of God, you might be wondering, well, how am I going to figure it out? That's a big old Bible. And you tell me the word of God is the truth. Well, we can keep it simple. Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And you keep reading, then you'll find out the word was made flesh. And dwell. So you really want to know the truth? One word. Jesus. You don't have to, to be worrying about hundreds of pages. You look at Jesus, you find the truth. It is not a coincidence, therefore, in John chapter 14, verse number 6, Jesus said this word. He said, I am the way. I am what? The truth. The truth. You want to know the truth? He declared, he said, I am the truth. It's amazing. Many religions out there, they never claim to be the truth. Even Mr. Buddha, as respected as many people are to Mr. Buddha, at his death, he said, I'm still searching for the truth. But here comes Jesus. He said, hello, somebody. You want to know the way? I'm the way. You want to know the truth? I'm the truth. You want to know the light of this world? I'm the light of this world. Then he made something else clear. He said, nobody can get to the Father except by me. Now you talk about making it plain. It doesn't get any clearer than that. 
So you are here this morning, everybody look good. The question is, do you believe what Jesus just said? If you believe it, a lot of the debates that we're engaging in, we would not be engaging in those debates. Everybody trying to prove they're right. Everybody trying to prove they're the truth. And Jesus said, no, you're lying. There's only one truth. And his name is Jesus. Do you believe what Jesus said? Have you accepted what Jesus said? Are you living it? Are you living the truth or are you living a lie? My brothers, my sisters, if you have not done that, today will be a good day to come to Jesus and say, now I get it. And ask him to come to your life. Why is that important? Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth. That word shall, I'm glad some of you are lawyers in the house. That word is a mandatory language. What Jesus is saying is that you better know the truth. You must know the truth. And when you know that truth, that truth will make you free. So I can stop there and go home. Because you may be in the house of God and don't know the truth. You may have been coming to church all your life and don't know the truth. And you may know the truth, but you are living a lie. Today is a good day to, to come to Jesus. Brother Pastor, what's the big deal about knowing the truth? Yes, I get it. Jesus is the truth. What's the big deal about that? The big deal, look at what truth will do. Truth will make you free. When you look into a community today and you see all what the drama that is going on, you see what young people are doing and you wonder, you say, oh my God, when I was growing up, it's not like that. Or when, what is really going on? Young people are in rebellion. Why? Because they are searching for the truth. Anybody that don't know Jesus doesn't know the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of young people, if you really study them carefully, they're looking for an experience. You cannot really blame everything on young people now because when they come to the house of God, they want an experience. They want something engaging. But when they come to the house of God, look at what they see. They find no joy. 
Why would anybody want to be a part of a, a church with no joy? They come to the house of God, they can't even find no feeling no more. You know how you go to church before and the whole church is charged up? Now everybody is so sophisticated and dignified. And young people are saying, no, this is not enough for me. I was something real. They are looking for excitement. I wish you all were with me in my early days in this church. I spent years fighting my worship team and my musicians. I said, no, we got to create an excitement. No dead song. And I will argue, where well, this, I like, I don't care what you like. If you're going to sing in this ministry, you're going to play in this ministry, I know what the world is hungry for. This place ought to be a place of excitement. Young people are looking for a thrill. And when they come to the house of God and they can find it, then they go to the street. And then they try drugs. And they try alcohol. They are searching for freedom. That's why I'm so grateful to those of you who are singing in the choir and praise team. It took me a while, but you got it. In fact, they're running an advertisement right now on TV about this church. I said, finally, somebody finally get where I'm coming from. Who wants to be a part of a dead church? Young people say, no, excuse me. I could do better by my own self. They are searching for freedom. And freedom comes from God. But many times, because we don't know what we got, or we know the truth, but we're not living the truth, so we, we lose young people in the process. But let me say to you young folks out there, as much as I sympathize with you, but be careful because the Bible says there is a way that seemeth good unto man. It looks like the, the tree is out there. It looks like you can find excitement out there. But really, the end thereof is destruction. Come back to the house of God. That's where true freedom is located. True freedom is from God. You know, people that Jesus was talking to, they were just like this generation today. Jesus is telling them how to be free. You look at the book of John, chapter 8, verse 33. They said, that's nonsense. 
Don't you know who we are? Sounds like church folks. They said to Jesus, we are Abraham's children. We've never been slave to nobody. How dare you, preacher? Now you're telling us we need to be free. What do you know? We know your mama and them. Where have you been? It's just like today's generation. By the way, you see, I happen to be a lawyer. I was looking at their case closely. And if you notice, when they said they are Abraham's see, they're right on that. When they said they have never been in bondage to no one, they're lying with both sides of them. And that's what's wrong with this generation. We live in a country that says this is freedom. But many of us, we are living in bondage. We are lying to ourselves. Can you imagine these people saying that they've never been in bondage before? What about Egypt? They were there as slaves. 430 years. They forget about that. What about Babylon? What about Syria? What about Rome? They've always been in bondage. And if I may talk to my people, black folks, the, the Bible is not complicated. That's why we got to know the truth. The truth will set us free. Many of the problems that we have today as a people is because we don't know who we are in Christ. My brothers, my sisters, the same problem that the people of Israel had is what we're dealing with. People are pretending to be free. Pretending. But we are living in bondage. And that is why I brought this one verse today because I'm only preaching one verse. John chapter 8 verse 36. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. And then he said, if the Son of God set you free, you're free indeed. My prayer for this church is that this will be a house of free people. Say amen to that. I said I'm believing God that this house will be a house of what kind of people? Free people. Take note, there's a difference between being free and being free indeed. Is that not what it says? If the Son of God makes you free, you're not just going to be free. You're going to be free indeed. 
It's one thing to talk the talk, but it's another thing to walk the walk. Many people are good at talking. They'll talk good, good game. You ever seen church folks like that? They'll talk good game, but they never play good game. Mm-hmm. My first challenge to all of us today is for all of us to be sure and be very sure we accept Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. Because he is the way, he is the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. And if the Son of God sets you free, you're not just going to be free, you're going to be free indeed. Now I want to talk briefly on how you can be free indeed. And then I'll let you go. In fact, maybe by permission of the Holy Spirit, the next few weeks, I'll begin to show you and me how you can walk in freedom. Because if you are free, if Jesus set you free, you ought to be free indeed. And how do you do that? You must accept the responsibility to stay free. Have you ever seen people that you set free and then they walk back into bondage? (laughs) True freedom comes with responsibility. Most people will walk away if they know what it costs you to obtain your freedom. You know why they will walk away? They want what you got, but they are not willing to pay the price. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. I'll give you an example for the sake of time. You know, I don't know about you, I've been to the doctor. And they, they will ask you some, not, not dumb question, just simple question. Do you want to leave? And I'm saying, really? <laughs> okay, so you, you answer them humbly, yes, I want to. Oh, that's great. Do you want to be healthy? Hmm, uh, okay. Yes, I want to. Then they ask you all this series of questions. The next thing you know, they will say, okay, uh, stop eating salt. Stop eating sugar. Stop drinking milk. Stop this. Stop that. So, because on one hand, you're saying, I want to enjoy the freedom of good health. But then they're telling you, yes, you can have freedom, but it's going to cost you. True freedom comes with responsibility. But if you show up and you are 600 pounds, ain't nobody shouting now. (laughs) Same thing in love. You'll be amazed how many of us want to stay in love. We want our marriage to work. We want our relationship to work. But we don't want to deal with reality of love. 
to really stay in love, it's going to cost you. Love is freedom, all right. But you'll be amazed how many people are praying for a husband, for a wife, but they're not even marriage materials. Freedom comes with responsibility. You got to protect your freedom. They love the idea of love, but not the reality of love. Many people love the idea of freedom, but not the responsibility of freedom. Freedom, true freedom, always demand responsibility. You got to protect the freedom God gives you. Many people want to be free, all right, but they don't want to be responsible. You ever seen young people, teenagers? They will tell you, look, I'm moving out of this house. I'm sick and tired of everybody. But the Negro ain't got no job. Sometimes you just look at them and feel sorry for, for the ignorance. True freedom comes with responsibility. I, I don't have enough time, but I want to give you an example of how this thing worked. Um, Israel was in bondage. They were in slavery. They cried unto the Lord. Am I in the book? Yeah. And the Lord heard them. And the Lord delivered them. Yeah. Am I right about it? Yeah. The Lord delivered them from bondage to destiny. Yeah. Their destiny is where? Promised land. Yeah. Their bondage was in Egypt. He delivered them from bondage to their destiny. But then he walked them through the wilderness. That wilderness experience is where God would develop you. So you cannot have deliverance without development before you get to your destiny. So that when you get to your destiny, then you will know the value of what you got. <laughs> so let me say this in conclusion. We'll take an example and we'll go home. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. I want to use this example because all of us need prosperity. And God told you, yeah, I want you to be free in this area of your life. But this is what you need to do. Four things you got to do. It listed there. What's the first thing he said? Be fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? In Hebrew language, that means be productive. So if you want to be free in the area of your finance, God is saying you got to be productive. 
You produce something that I can buy. You know the biggest problem with us? We are mostly consumers. Not producers. So right there, we fail. We've disqualified ourselves from the freedom of prosperity. You got to produce something. Take note. In order for you to produce something, you need a seed to work with. Then the question is, how do you find a seed that you can use to produce something? Where the Bible tells you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, he said, God will always give seed to who? You see, the problem is that you want to produce, but you ain't got no seed. And you ain't got no seed because you're stingy. God will give seeds to the sower. You'll be amazed how many people are here under the sound of my voice. They'll come in. They enjoy the air condition. They'll use the bathroom. If the piano is off tune, they'll make sure the pastor find out about it. But they don't know it costs money. They don't help in the work of the ministry. They don't help nobody in the community. They ain't got no seed. And you cannot produce anything without seed. And then there are some people who have seed, but they eat it. I'm trying to show you how true freedom works. You got to produce. When God gives you an idea, that's your seed. Your seed is the idea that won't quit in your mind. It just keep coming back. Just keep coming. Look at Mr. Steve Jobs, the guy who started Apple Computer. He went, he was just an engineer, went to visit a client. And he noticed when he got to the client's business, half of the room was full of engine. And the client said, this is my, my, my computer, fix it. Steve Jobs went home with an idea that this is too cumbersome. There ought to be a way to, to make all this smaller. You see how simple that idea is? And then he start, he, that idea would not leave his head. So he figured out how I can turn this whole room of machine to one simple that would do the same thing. You know the rest of the story. He became a multi-millionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, I will submit to you the number one reason why there is poverty in central Louisiana today. We're not producing. We can blame the leaders. 
we can blame it. It's not them. Productivity. The first instruction that God gave for you and me to live in freedom in this area of our life is to be fruitful. It's not because there are no investors coming to central Louisiana. Don't let nobody lie to you. People just want to blame somebody. The problem is a lack of productivity. Have you ever thought about how we measure the wealth of any nation? I'll tell you how it works. There's something called GDP. Some people will call it GNP, gross national productivity. It's not even by money. It's the productivity of that country. So if a nation ain't producing, that nation is going to be poor. Bring it home. If you and me, God has given everybody talent. You got something to work with. You can even maximize what's in your hand. But if you ain't producing nothing. So ask yourself today, am I really free? Ask yourself the question, what am I producing in my life? Stop going to the bank borrowing money and then you buy a truck that will produce nothing. I have a son in the ministry here. I, I, I hate to put him on the spot. Hey, and he bought a truck and then he got a container and he used the truck to pull the container because before he bought the truck, he asked me, Pastor, am I in the right direction? I asked him, what will you be producing with this truck? And he thought about a container. And now he helped people to move whenever people wants to move. And he will call me from time to say, he will call me daddy. He said, daddy, you will not believe it. You are right. I'm producing. Every now and then he will come. He has given me thousands of dollars. He didn't just have a truck. He have a truck that will produce. Multiply. What's the second thing? Multiply. He said, it's all in one verse. I never can preach beyond one verse because I don't want to lose anybody. He said, number one, be fruitful. Number two, multiply. Do you know what it means to multiply? That means reproduce what you produce. Jesus. If you cannot reproduce what you produce, you're still going to be broke. You all know I love Popeye. Ain't no shame in my game. But you know what? Popeye was started in 1972 in a small town close to New Orleans. Guess how many stores they had? One. 
But guess what? That brother, he refined it, what it produced. He developed a system, and then he reproduced Popeye. And guess what? Today, Popeye has 3,102 stores in 40 states, in 30 countries. One menu, one store. Now it's all over the world. The other day, one of my members went to uh, Albuquerque, Mexico, New Mexico. And they called me way out in New Mexico. They say, they always call me daddy. Not everybody coming, pastor. He said, daddy, you won't believe us. I said, I believe it. He said, we're in New Mexico. I said, so what? He said, there's Popeye in New Mexico. That is somebody who have enough sense not only to produce, but to reproduce. What's my message? Take your seed. Produce something with your seed. And then reproduce it. Refine what you produce, come up with a system, and reproduce it. One time my family and I, I know I'm out of time now. One time my family and I, true story, we traveled overseas. And then we got to Europe, London, England. And the kids say they want to eat McDonald's. And the mama said, no, 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 we are not in America. Ain't no McDonald's. I said, I should. <laughs> because I understand how you get rich. I knew in my spirit there's going to be a McDonald's somewhere here. And sure enough, we tap it on in our telephone. There were a truckload of McDonald's everywhere. You know why? Because they understand what God, God gave you, Christian, the formula, but because you won't do it, you're singing Kumbaya, the world took that, and they're making billions of dollars. And you just buying the product. It say be fruitful. Multiply. See, I'm walking in that anointing. See, as I'm speaking to you now, you see, God give me a seed, give me an idea, then I develop it into a sermon, into a teaching. See, I produce it. And then I multiply it into CDs. Are you listening to me? I multiply it into DVDs. I multiply it into books. And then people begin to buy. I'm sleeping in my house and my bank account is going up. What are you going to produce with your life? And will you have the courage to reproduce it? You know, the third thing told them in one verse is to replenish the earth. 
You know what it means to replenish? It means you distribute. You distribute what you produce. Not too few days ago, the deacons are here. I met with deacons and deaconesses and, 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 and musicians and, and media staff. I said, now, we got good product here. We got to find a way to distribute it. Call an emergency meeting right here in this house. I said, it don't do me any good if you sing good here and nobody hear it. You see how this thing works? We got to take what we got. We got to take it to the market. We got to distribute it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what a good friend of mine, Mr. Sam Walter, that's what he did. He borrowed $1,500 from his in-law. That's how broke he was. Had an idea. C.S. Roebuck was the main event. They had magazines. You can order things. He had an idea of creating a store that would sell wholesale to people. Started one store. Bentfield, Arkansas. Been there. We lived there. He took that one store, reproduced it, and then he learned how to replenish it, to distribute it. Now, just about every city. Are you listening to me? You got to distribute what you got. If you hear me screaming and yelling, let's take the, first we spend a great deal of energy trying to get us to sing right, trying to get us to preach right, trying to get us a state-of-the-art building, facility. Now that you get it going, now we've got to take it and distribute it to the whole world. If all you got is just 500 people, Every Sunday, listening to you, you are limited. That's right, sister. Amen. You are limited. Very limited. Amen. Replenish the earth. Amen. You know what else it says? It says subdue. I wish I have time to explain the, the Bible to you. Subdue means take control. You know what I tell my, my musician? Don't just be another musician in town. Be the best. Take over. Sometimes I get passionate about it. I will scream and yell. I tell my children, I just don't want to be another lawyer in town. Dominate. Why will you be afraid? Why will you settle for just being good when you're called to be great? Subdue the land. Dominate the land. If you cannot control the market, you're still going to be afraid. We shall have time to talk to somebody 
Remember Bill Gates? He was over Microsoft. But guess what? He dominated the software that nobody can operate computer anywhere without talking, without using his product. He dominated the whole earth. So much that Congress have to call me, hey, son, you have too much power. We got to, we got to chop you up. They threatened him. He fought back. He said, you mess with it, I'm moving. I'll go do this in another country and still dominate the world. They have to back up. I wish you could sit down with me sometime and see my heart. Pastor Mitchell always tell me, say, run the church like you run your house. You are here to win. Your God is a winner. He wants to give you true freedom. Freedom from sicknesses and disease. Freedom from poverty. Freedom from curses. But you got to accept the responsibility. I got to stop. Everybody stand to your feet. I'll see you at the top. Come on, give the Lord God a clap off. I want us to pray that God will give us wisdom. Wisdom to walk in freedom. We are blessed to be living in the best country on earth. Some people, they swim on the river just to be able to get here. Some people, they walk for days without food just to be able to get here. But you and I, we are already here. Hallelujah. So the only question is, what are you going to do about it? Are we just going to stay and wish for the wind to blow? Or are we going to exercise and accept the responsibility of freedom? And look within you and see what God has given you. There's a seed within you. You are pregnant with a miracle. And if you don't see, become a sower. God will give you seed. Then produce. Produce. I'm waiting for you to produce something that the world can buy. And reproduce it. somebody's listening. Distribute what you reproduce. Take control of the market. I'm believing God. If somebody needs somebody who can sing in this town, the first name that will come to their mind will be your name. That people will say, oh no, we are looking for a musician, a real musician. 
And the first thing they will think about, say, oh, we've got to go to Sinai Zoo. They may not like you. They may not, but they've got to respect you. You got the goods. your hands towards heaven. I want to pray for somebody. Father, I thank you. Thank you for freedom. True freedom that comes from you, oh God. Thank you that you have set us free. And we are free indeed. Father, I pray for anointing to walk in that freedom. There are many people here under the sound of my voice. They are pregnant with a miracle. They are pregnant. Business idea. Ministry idea. Family idea. Oh God in Zion. Touch right now. Wake up every sleeping giant. Help us to walk in true freedom. Call us to dominion. Father, I pray for that dominion anointing upon everyone under the sound of my voice. Eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. It's not been conceived in the hearts of men what God has in store for you, for you, for you, for every one of you under the sound of my voice. Even me, oh God. Give us the courage to walk in that anointing. And Lord, we thank you for increase in this house. We thank you for freedom. Freedom from addiction. Freedom from poverty. Freedom from struggle. Freedom from demonic attack. Freedom from our past, oh God. It is so. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Come on, give the Lord God your loudest amen. amen. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord, everybody. I know we have to go home and eat barbecue, but can we just praise the Lord and act in freedom this morning?